Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, Marvel goers! You're listening to Two Dudes Marvel Reviews with Sky and Colin. Can you guess what we saw? Aquaman. <laughs> and we loved it. <laughs> no, man. Don't want to spoil too much, but welcome to another week where we review Captain Marvel. I'm just going to say the movie, get it out of the way. Yeah. And then we'll just dive into uh, the real thing, the real reason people come to this. They want to hear how we're doing. So, Colin, how are you doing? <laughs> That's really what people are listening for. I'm doing good. Been catching up on movies. Oh yeah, I think the gap Ooh. is closed. Oh yeah, what is what is your number now? All right, so I'm very excited. The last for this. time we talked, uh, I said six. I was you were actually, catching up. I was actually at five though. I went back and looked. I was actually at five. So good point. I that actually reminds me of something. I'm calling you out on. What are you calling me out on? On our duty episode, you put a movie in your bottom ten. Okay, called Truth or Dare. Yeah. That came out in 2017. Mm-mm. Yes, it did, baby. No, it didn't. Yes, it did, man. I just, it popped up on Netflix and I was like, oh, that's that movie that Colin hated. Pull it up. It said 2017. I was like, no way. I go to its IMDb, 2017. What does it say on Rotten Tomatoes, though? I don't know what it says on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, it's 2018. Really? I, get, I bet you it premiered at a festival in 2017. Oh, so maybe that's why yeah. it's counting? Yeah. Mm, I it, don't know. It was a 2018 movie. I don't know. No, it was. I need to see your birth certificate. I don't believe. <laughs> I will fight you on this. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some dark conspiracies going on in this podcast. There's there's a f- few movies, though. Like uh, me and Pat, who actually saw Captain Marvel with us, um, yep. the last time we went to a movie, which I think was Ant-Man and the Wasp, <laughs> me and him were talking about movies, and he mentioned Hostels. Some people had hostels on their 2017 list, and some people had them on their 2018 list. Ooh. I think it's actually a 2018 movie, but it played lim- it played uh, at a festival in 2017. So like, mm. very there's a lot of times where IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes will have different year releases. Interesting. Yes. I don't know how I feel about all of this. All I right, but you're on thin ice, so watch yourself. Okay, but anyway, I was at five, and I'm at that now- time, yeah, I was I was just ahead of you. I think you were at like eleven. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But you you had done a, a mad dash to yes. catch up. Yeah. So now I am at eleven. Really? Yeah. What are you at? I am at seventeen. Jeez. How many Netflix movies were these? One, two, three, <laughs> three, three. Okay. Yeah. So you saw Captain Marvel. I know you saw How to Train Your Dragon. What else did you see? The Last Laugh, which is a Netflix movie with Chevy Chase okay. and Richard Dreyfuss. All right. The Two Killings of Sam Cooke, which is a documentary. It's a film. Okay. It says literally says film on the top. <laughs> You're just exploiting the loopholes as hard as possible. And Juanita. I have, don't even know what that is either. It's a momcom. A momcom. It's like a romcom, but for moms. Okay. Uh, it's a momcom. <laughs> All right. Never heard that before. That phrase? Yeah. I coined it. It's oh, fine. Nice. It's official. All right. Yeah. We, we need to copyright that. Ooh, yes, we should. 
I yeah. watched, let's see, what did I see? I watched Paddleton, which you had recommended for me. So that's yep. that's a Netflix movie. Um, but I, I, I actually, for me is, I have a Netflix theater. movie that one, you should see, but two, I think we should do on this podcast. We should do the movie Polar. Oh, I think you told me about this. I did, because I think we might have very different reactions to it. Okay. But I think we're going to notice all the same stuff, but I think it, it might be interesting. I don't know. For all I know, we're going to agree on everything, but I feel like that's a movie that we could watch and- the same thing that you would look at it and go, oh, this is so fucking dumb. I would look at it and go, oh, this is so fucking awesome. <laughs> so I'm kind of intrigued by this movie, and I think that I think that you should watch it, and maybe we should do it. All right, I'll, it's not getting a lot of attention, so I'll take, I don't know I'll take a look at it. I'll take yeah, a look. It might not be a good choice for the podcast, but you should at the very least watch it and tell me what you think, because I'm, right. I'm very intrigued. I caught How to Train Your Dragon, like you did. Yep. I watched... Spoiler alert for a future episode, I guess. (laughs) I watched Happy Death Day to You. Not a future episode. No. I watched Isn't It Romantic? Woof. Yeah. That was woof. And then even more woof, I watched Replicas. Oh, I thought you were going to say A Dog's Purpose. No. Because that's more woof. (laughs) That would have been funny. That would have been a great pun. (laughs) Uh, Replicas with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And it's like a sci-fi movie where he's... Yeah, I remember we had mentioned that was like an early frontrunner for Worst of 2019. Yeah, so people were saying... That came out in like... February and they're already talking about like this might be the worst movie of the year. People were saying though like this could give uh, Holmes and Watson like a run for its money. Wow. No. Okay. (laughs) But (laughs) it's it's bad. I will say this: the acting in Replicas is some of the worst. Like it is the happening level bad, probably worse. But I I showed my brothers. I was like, you need to see this. So I pulled it up on the Fire Stick, and there's a scene that's supposed to be very tense, and he's hiding in a bathroom stall from his boss, and he's like stolen property from there. And his boss comes in and he's like, hey, are you in there? Or he says something like, like, hey, like, Andy, is that you? And then he, and Keanu Reeves just goes, yes, it is me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Stick to Wick. Yeah. Stick to Wick. Did you watch John Wick since I gave it to you or no? Listen, I need you to get off my back. <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I just need them back before Power Bottom comes out. Before Power Bottom comes out? Power Bottom. Power Bottom 3. <laughs> I'd go see it. And then I'm the trying movie? to beat you on these 2019 movies. I threw down the gauntlet a I think couple you, episodes ago. I think ago. you're going to because you're. I'm, I'm go, going. I'm hard. going mainly theatrical. You're going mainly Netflix. Yeah, because we op- we broke down the floodgates and now I'm fucking shit up, bro. I, I I already added stuff to my queue so that when it comes out on Netflix, it'll already be there so I can find it faster. Like, I'm gonna have to be on Steven Spielberg's side with these Netflix movies now. I was gonna bring that up too. Yeah, I feel like it's not a coincidence that as soon as we broke down the barriers and started reviewing <laughs> Netflix movies that Spielberg was all like, enough is enough. <laughs> He's like, now the two dudes are talking about Netflix movies. This is too much. We need to put our foot down. And all of a sudden a petition comes out. It's hard. It's hard not to think that that wasn't us. Hey, we said this on a you know previous episode. We said we were going to do Netflix movies. Steven Spielberg comes out. He's pissed off. Netflix is happy. They give Ducky a wedding. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the influence is there. We are impacting heavy on pop culture <laughs> and just the world. And you know what? We want to get in touch with everybody. So what better way than to hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. But mostly Instagram. That's where we're home. Yeah, that's our home base right now. So hit us up there and you know, tell tell your friends about this podcast cuz we want to hear people's opinions. We want to know if you guys think that these Netflix movies should be counted cuz they are movies. Like they get real directors, they're real actors. Like, you know, sometimes they're like a little lesser known or whatever, but then 
like you know you have brad pitt popping up in movies there's this movie um triple frontier that's going to be coming to netflix and it's like ben affleck and other people who are also like heavy hitter actor names and i'm like it's hard not to count these because it's obviously still a movie it just is a different medium like the world is changing more people are streaming less people are going to the movies so yeah i mean i have no problem with netflix being considered for like oscars and stuff like that because it's still a movie the same work went into it i just love going to the movies though i like going to the movies too i but just like i feel like it's it's part of the whole experience going some to the, of these going mo- to the movies and even worse it. even worse than just watching these netflix movies to try and beat you i'm watching some of these on my phone <laughs> no, I've like, watched- i'm not even enjoying it in like on my big TV at home. Like I'm like eating lunch at an Applebee's (laughs) watching some sort of fucking movie made for single mothers towards the end of uh, 2018. I was catching a lot on my phone. Also like ones that weren't in the theaters anymore and come out on DVD or whatever. I was watching them on my phone. That's how I watched Roma and uh, finished Roma. I should say, I think I watched, it may have been love Simon, but I watched it on my phone in a Panera. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, that actually, for some movies, the phone thing didn't hinder it at all. Like I love, yeah. I love that movie, and I think it was top fifteen, maybe in top fifteen, top tw- top twenty for sure. But yeah, I watched it on my phone. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, very cool. But yeah, man, we're on the social media. There's also a new place that we're on. I don't know if you know this yet, Colin. What are we on? Wait, is this the surprise you were telling me about? I have a surprise just... for you, buddy. Okay. It's, it's so hot in here, though. I've been wearing this jacket. Let me just pop. <laughs> these off you what put is... on the loudest jacket yeah yeah no big deal hold on a second everybody let me just turn around oh yeah oh fuck it's so hot let me just get this jacket off let me just pop this bad boy off oh my zipper's stuck oh god <laughs> oh god what am i doing what am i doing i wish this was oh, on it's camera so steamy steamy in here why is i wearing this jacket for so long jeez what is happening oh wait a minute is this why oh that's actually pretty dope <laughs> that's right baby we got shirts now we do have shirts it's a baseball tee that i'm wearing i got myself cool. a baseball tee but guess what i came with gifts oh my gosh this is actually awesome so i wasn't sure what size you were so i have these two size options take a look okay which one works for you? I'm going with this one. Okay, because I also have one in, in navy blue, so you Ooh. can choose. So what we have here are some Two Dudes Movie Reviews t-shirts that we uh, threw our logo up on threadless.com. So now you can go to our our little merchandise shop and, and get a t-shirt or a hoodie or a crew neck sweater or something. With our logo on it. What are you looking at? I see your face. I'm looking at the shirt. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. This is a nice when did, surprise. When did you do right? this? Because I know that I know that you asked for the logo, but like Yeah, I see? did it I did it uh about a, maybe like two weeks ago. These are actually pretty sick. Right? They came out good. Yeah. I ordered a bunch of samples. Wasn't sure what size you were, so I got a few. I'm going with the navy one. Go with the navy one, man. Yeah. I'm going with the navy one. Yeah, I'm I got myself it. the baseball tee. It was very nice. That I, one is pretty sick. It, it's so soft. I've been loving it all day. Yeah been just anticipating this moment and uh i'll be wearing that to the movies later that's great because literally after we're done with this i'm going to the movies (laughs) so now with that i ordered a bunch of samples because i wanted to make sure the quality was good and i gotta tell you these things are really nice and like the one that you grabbed there i think is one of the ultra soft or whatever i don't know i can't tell the lightweight okay you are a lightweight so (laughs) 
but yeah, man, there's there's some pretty good quality and like the design came out really crisp. I was super stoked on it. Yeah. So we're probably gonna like maybe you know, take some pictures in these bad boys, post them up so everybody can see. But also, I had a brilliant idea. Since I didn't know your size, I ordered a couple different sizes. Okay. With the extra one, I'm thinking we do a little giveaway for our listeners. Ooh, I like that idea. Give them a give them just a freebie. So I'm thinking. Maybe we get some more reviews out there for our podcast. So we want to get you guys motivated to hit over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or however you're listening to us. There's going to be some sort of way you could rank us, right? So if you guys give us five-star review and leave a nice little uh, something-something to say, we'll enter you in to win one of these shirts. For free. I really like that idea. Yeah. It only takes you two seconds to say something nice. If you're already listening to us, all you got to do is hit a button just below where you're listening. Click that five star. Leave us a nice review. And then that'll enter you in. Now, there there is one gentleman who had already left us a review on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to go ahead and enter him into this yeah, retroactively. Yeah. Because it's unfair, you know, yeah. that we do it. So I want to make sure he's included in this because he's the first person who felt... Uh, inclined to reach out to us and say hey so yeah man i want to i want to get these uh i want to get these out to the people so what better way to give give a couple away for free right out the gate i like that idea great executive decision hell yeah i wanted it to be a surprise i actually i actually uh messaged your brother brandon and i was like what size does he wear he's like i don't know big size yeah (laughs) and i was just like cool you were you were very helpful thank you (laughs) so that's why i ordered multiple sizes because i was just like all right well we could just give one away. Yeah. yeah. No, awesome. I I like this a lot. I'm gonna awesome. wear it. I thought I thought you would be stoked on that. Yeah. That's why I got different color options. There's so many different color options, everybody. You know what's funny? I think it was yesterday or two days ago, I was wearing my first ever bands t shirt. Oh yeah. From You were wearing it a couple days ago yeah. when we were recording. Mm-hmm. Uh that shirt is from eleventh grade for me. So that shirt is like twelve years old. Wow. Still kicking. It's yeah, it's it's stood the test of time for sure. So you've had that shirt for 12 years now? Yeah. And you've never let it go? No. So that shirt has been 12 years a slave? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I waited until you were done. I'll probably cut that out. (laughs) You're going to like my reaction, though. Oh, Oh my my God. God. (laughs) I'm going to splice it right after I show you my shirt. (laughs) Oh, my my God. God. But yeah, man. No, that's awesome. I, I've been waiting all day to show you. I've been waiting for a while. We, I got these in, I want to say, like today is Saturday. I think I, these came in either Monday or Tuesday. Oh, so you had them when we went to the movies on Thursday. I know, but I didn't want to bring them because I wanted to do this live on the podcast. Yeah. Damn. Get your raw reaction. That's why I've been wearing my jacket this whole time. <laughs> I've been sweating, dude. Sweating this shirt so is so sweaty. Not the shirt that you guys are going to win. The shirt that I'm wearing is super sweaty. <laughs> The shirt that you guys are going to win is totally fine. If you want a shirt that we sweated in, though, we could possibly do that. Well, that one you're going to have to pay for. Yeah. 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 (laughs) We ain't giving that away for free. We'll play racquetball. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go play Paddleton. Yeah, Paddleton. Exactly. Linking it back to the Netflix. I'm really really stoked. Like I said, I'm going to put this on as soon as this is done. I'm going to wear it to the movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And this, I actually snuck these. That's why I was wearing the jacket, because I wanted to, to sneakily show you the shirt that I'm wearing and then unveil these, which actually brings me to a new segment on our show. Since I love sneaking things in not only to this podcast, but especially to the movies for, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit of skies, sneaky snacks. 
So we went to the movies together. So we I did. know what you sneaked in. Yeah, what you snuck in. Snuck in. You're being sneaky, sneaking in sneak snacks. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm a slee stack sneaking in snacks in the back of my backpack. <laughs> I didn't have a backpack. No. But yeah, so since you know what I brought, we're not going to do the whole guessing game. Try mm-hmm. to be cute and act like you don't know. Um, I'm just going to review the snacks I snuck. And this week... I snuck in not one, but two shareable size bags of peanut M&Ms. Blasphemy. And I shared none of them. (laughs) But it was good. It was good. I brought that in. I also brought in an Arnold Palmer, which was my first sneaky snack on this podcast. Yep. But far from the first snack I snuck I'm sneaking in snacks today. You are. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, we're going to have a segment called Collins Covert Colas (laughs) and Candies. I'm actually, I'm actually sneaking in the new orange vanilla Coke. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I just thought it was a fancy design. I didn't even see the little orange slice. No, I actually saw it pop up on our Instagram feed, like promoted. I mean, because it's a movie like, oh, you like soda then? (laughs) So, uh, but I was like, oh man, I need to try it. So today I went. Damn, those things work. We should, we should start paying for sponsored ads yeah sorry followers i know people hate when they see those pop up but guess what we need to grow our audience yeah. so fuck off or the brand hell yeah and that's what we got the merch for and i i'm buying popcorn but i already bought the bunch of crunch. that's the thing too i i always buy popcorn when i'm there because i want popcorn so i bought the peanuts i really wanted a big bag of reese's pieces mm-hmm. but they didn't have any but i didn't want two of the small bags of reese's pieces but the quick check that I hit up on my way to meet up with you had on sale two bags of the peanut M&Ms for like whatever it was, two fifty or something you can't stupid. Beat it. You, you just can't beat it. You can't <laughs> beat it, everybody. So I got it with the intent of dumping it into my bucket of popcorn because that's always a fun little trick. But instead, I ate all my popcorn and then I saved the peanut M&Ms for later. And I think it was a better decision because then when I finished my popcorn, I knew I had a backup snack. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But I only ate one of the bags, so. I like doing the Bunch of Crunch and the popcorn, but sometimes the Bunch of Crunch melts. Melts, and that yeah. is not fun. And you get all messy. Yeah. Yeah, it's no good. But yeah, that is Sky Sneaky Snacks. So today, as we've said, we're doing Captain Marvel. Yep. I would believe that this is a highly anticipated movie for people to hear a review on. Yeah, I, I think mean, the movie itself was highly anticipated. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, also, we've established ourselves as Marvel dick writers <laughs> pretty early in our podcast. But yeah, no, this is—I would say mainstream audience. This is probably one of the most like hyped up, most anticipated movies of 2019. Absolutely, a movie that's not getting as much hype though, but maybe rightfully so, considering its predecessors, is mm-hmm. actually the movie that we're going to talk about just as soon as we. Go outside, hop in your little Volkswagen or my Chevy, drive it to the levee, but that bitch was dry. (laughs) And then since the levee's all dry, we'll just go back into my Chevy and go to a little place called the trailer park. How'd you like that? That was nice. That segue. I did a little dance around there. Yeah, it was nice. A little misdirect. So we are talking dark 
Phoenix. That's right, because we don't have another MCU movie that we haven't already done the trailer for. Yeah, so... And it would be inappropriate to do the Captain Marvel trailer in our Captain Marvel episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, X-Men Dark Phoenix. uh, I don't even know what it is at this point. How many X-Men movies are there? This has got to be like 10 or something. Are we counting the Wolverine? Yeah, like we'll go in with spinoffs and all that stuff too. And all that. Yeah, well, probably, I wasn't even going to count Deadpool, 10. but well, he is—he is an X-Men yeah. property. If we're counting Deadpool, it's got to be—it's got to be more. I mean, we have one, two, X-1 and three through three, and then we have the three Wolverine movies. That's six, and then we have the three new X-Men movies. This is number four, because you had First Class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. Yep, and now you have Dark Phoenix. Yeah, so that's ten right wanna, there. And then if you want to count Deadpool, it's Deadpool one and two. Yeah, wow, wowzers! Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, and Hugh Jackman just got Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart just got a Guinness Book World Record. Did you see that? No, what is it? They got awarded like uh, they're going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for portraying a a character uh, in a comic book movie for the longest amount of time because they have never been recast in their roles and like they've been steady playing those characters for like over a decade now. That's pretty awesome. So they're they both. I like that the last movie they did. I like that the last movie they did was Logan, and they both went out with a bang. Fuck yeah, one. they did. Yeah, they banged each other. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But yeah, we're talking X Men. How do you how do you feel generally about these X Men movies? You know what? I really liked First Class, and I loved Days of Future Past. And when I found out at that post credit of Days of Future Past that it was going to be Apocalypse, I did air karate in the theater. Then the movie came out. And I was not doing air karate. <laughs> I I really wanted to like that movie. And I think the first time I saw it, I was like, that was awesome. And then I saw it again, like very soon after. And then I was just like, oh, this might be having like uh, like a phantom menace effect. Yeah. on me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to feel about this. Dark Phoenix is such a difficult story to tackle. It's because it's such a huge story that to do it justice in one movie even if you're taking like two hours, two and a half hours to do it, it can be difficult. And we only just met Jean Grey in the last movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. It might not have the like the weight behind it. It Maybe. might be good that we go in with low expectations and then it allows it to kind of surprise us. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, I watch it now, and I still enjoy parts of it. The dialogue, there's some campiness. Yeah, there's that, there's some parts yeah, that aren't good. I love X two though. Like X two is great. X two is might be one of my favorite Marvel related movies. And again, it has some of the campiness. Yeah, but uh, there's some very intense parts in it though. Yeah, man. Really, and X three sucks. X three is awful. <laughs> yeah. But X two, that scene with Nightcrawler is oh. game changing. Yeah, game fucking changing. It's still one of the greatest scenes in any comic book movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. It's fucking great. So what came after that? I mean, I'm not going to go into all of them, but the first two Wolverine spinoffs are not good. No. Logan is amazing. Logan's great. Deadpool's I, good, obviously. Deadpool, yeah. Deadpool's De- great, and then Deadpool 2 is just good. Good. Yep. Yeah. I was actually not the biggest fan of First Class. I like First I, Class. I know everyone loves it. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I've only seen it the one time in the theater. I think if I rewatched it, maybe I would like it a little bit more, possibly. Yeah, maybe. I was let down by uh, Days of Future Past. Really? I was let down because I liked that pe- movie. people told me how amazing it was, and I went in with super high expectations. Oh, uh, that was your fault. And yeah, I didn't go in with high. Ex- I don't go into most movies with high expectations. I actually caught Apocalypse when it was out of theaters. I watched that, yeah. and I didn't like it very much. Yeah, I feel you on that. So, 
I'm not particularly stoked on these movies right now. I'm kind of uh I'm just such a big X-Men fan that even if every movie that they've ever made was awful, I'm still going to see this. Yeah. Like I'm, this is my Star Wars. I actually feel like the movie that they have coming out after this, I might be a little bit more interested in. What do they have coming after this? New they Mutants. Have... Oh. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, though. I don't know either, and... It seems to be, like, a lot of up-in-the-air shit. Yeah, it has been delayed already, which is probably not a good sign. I'm only... I'm just more, I guess, curious because it's a horror movie. Different tone. Different, yeah. Different characters. You can kind of do something a little bit different with it. And, I mean, Deadpool was different tone, different rating, and stuff like that. You saw what they did with that movie. So, I kind of like uh, some of these different, like, spinoffs. Like, I like the the Deadpool movies. Logan, they, they... change pace on it and, and they nailed amazing. it yeah so i think new mutants could be good there are production rumors about it that don't give you so much confidence in it yeah. but i do like that they're trying a few different things with the genre hell yeah well let's see what this trailer is gonna show us why did you make me do that oh she's so excited look at me Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. She was my I do dig the, like the retro outfits I was just that they're wearing. That too, yeah. No matter what. Like authentic to the, uh, the original X-Men. That was uniforms. like a, that was like a thing. People like were like, you can't give them the original like outfits because they look so stupid. Like it's such a bad decision to do You're that. Special, and now like Jean. they're doing it, and everyone's like, oh, actually, it does look cool. If you stop yeah. Fighting yeah. That force inside you. If you embrace it. He will possess the very power of a god. See, this gives me hope for actually being more authentic to like, the Phoenix aspect, like of the the space stuff. Yeah, because doesn't she? They like, didn't touch on that at all in the X three. No, doesn't she like actually like destroy she a planet or something like that, or like it's, something it's crazy, crazy shit? Yeah. I was just about to say, Fastbender uh, is one of my favorite things about these like newer I movies. And James McAvoy. And James McAvoy is also yeah. amazing. This is your fault, Charles. I tried. To that looks like it's gonna be the sixth scene, but I mean, all the Quicksilver scenes have been pretty sick. Yeah. So. Bad things happen to people I love. The girl dies. She's still Jean. We can still help her. Sometimes we want to believe people are something that they are not. They introduced Nightcrawler you know, the for these movies they are. and Apocalypse, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. And Storm. It's too late. Here's something interesting. If you look on these soldiers or police guys, whatever, you see what their organization is on their armband. No, what is it? MCU. Oh. There's no way that's not a, like on purpose. Like that, this that can't be an accident. Probably not. No. No, I think. This is actually the second trailer that's come up for this movie. I think right. the second the first, one... The first trailer was kind of weak for me. It didn't yeah. get me hyped. This actually gets me kind of excited. Yeah, the, the second one is a much better trailer. And yeah, I we saw this the other night in the theater, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I, I definitely, like I said, I'm going to see it no matter what. Yeah. 
I'm going to see it no matter what also. But uh, I feel like I go into some of these movies just being like, this is an X-Men movie. I see all the comic movies just because I feel like you kind of have to to stay along with the story. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm just there just going to through do the it. motions. Yeah, just going through the motions. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Which is almost a bad thing. I don't know what I hope it to be. I just hope that it's a little bit more thought out than Apocalypse was. Yeah, Apocalypse turned into very much just a out-of-control CG fest. Yes. This has the potential to do that. Right. But... Like, we'll just turn everything into fire. Yeah, but as you said when we were watching it, I like that they're in space. I like that it looks like it might be a little bit more true to the story. Yeah. Because this is, like, an integral story to, like, the X-Men universe, and they did not do it justice at all with the last stand with X-Men 3. Yeah. If that even It's crazy that they're going Dark Phoenix already, because does that mean they're going to kill her? We just met her, like, the last movie, and now she's dead? Maybe. That's really quick. I mean, it almost doesn't matter, because if they're not going to make any more X-Men movies... And it's gonna go to the MCU. Fuck it, let's just kill them all. Yeah, that's that. I was gonna get to that. Like, I don't know what their vision is for the, you know, like this franchise for, going forward. Future, Probi- yeah. it's probably done, which I'm fine with. But I hope MCU is smart enough to push back any X Men movies for like a long enough while. Yeah, like give give us some some time to breathe on them. Although. I thought the same thing when they were like, we're going to make a Spider-Man movie. And I was like, really? We just had Andrew Garfield. Like, give us a give us a rest. And then they came out with Homecoming. And I was like, I need more Spider-Man. <laughs> like, keep doing it. Keep Can't get enough Spider-Man. Can't get enough. How, um, see, I don't know how it works. But, like, you hear all the time, like, like The Amazing Spider-Man was a movie made so Sony could keep the rights. Yeah. Is that something that Disney is going to have to do with this? I don't think so. Because I, I don't know how it works necessarily with them. Like This is different. This is they like just full-blown bought it out. Yeah. The Sony thing, they're basically like leasing the character. Oh, that's how it works? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, then I guess you could take a break from, from yeah, you could just, for a while. You could shelve it for a while and you know be very careful with it, especially because how do you explain a way that there have been mutants on this world all of this time and not one Avenger has mentioned it? Yeah. Like... Everyone's worried about superheroes, but it's like, okay, but there's also mutants. And there's a school. <laughs> yeah, where they are trained. And especially because so much of the X-Men story is about how the world views mutants. Like, there's no secret that there's mutants. People know there's mutants, and there's laws against mutants, and that's yeah. really what, like, Charles Xavier is, like, fighting against. Yeah, it, you know what? It might be a good thing to take a break now that you're mentioning it, because maybe after Phase 3... Or something, there's a little bit of a time gap. And then it right. gives you the opportunity to be like, okay, this is, you know, X amount of years into the future. And now there's these laws and stuff like that. And something more people are coming up, you know, out with powers and stuff. Something like that. Yeah. They might have, have a... to they might have to fudge the timeline a little bit on everything. Yeah. Which I think we're all just gonna have to, you know, suck it up and just take it as is. But yeah. I think though with the direction they're going with the MCU movies, they could not necessarily fudge it, but based on People are bringing up things like different dimensions, like time travel, stuff like that. There might be a way where you can get away with it. Like, yeah. Like in an organic way where it doesn't seem like you just retconned it. It's a tough situation. It's interesting to see what they're going to do. But yeah, this looks like it might be uh, decent. Decent or better? Like, I don't, this might be very good. I don't know. I just want it to be at least decent. And then if it's good, I'll feel great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I, I like that they're. Looks like they're staying true to the comics. The, the first Dark Phoenix adaptation 
so such a letdown that you know very bad they can only go up i guess with this one that's true just don't make another one of those and you'll be okay (laughs) all right are you ready to get into it this highly anticipated film captain marvel uh yeah i've been looking forward to this me too wait have you been looking forward to talking about it or looking forward to the movie itself both cool (laughs) but you're in for a treat yes (laughs) We were talking about it during the week leading up to us seeing the movie, but I've been very excited for this movie for a while. And yeah. then I think it was the day before or two days before we were seeing the movie, I texted you and I was like, I'm getting worried about this movie. Uh-oh. And I was thinking about it and kind of being like, oh, shit. Like, the realization that, like, this is an origin movie, this might feel very phase one. Because I was thinking about the origin movies that have come recently, Spider-Man, Black Panther. They're people who were introduced in previous installments. Yeah, they were introduced in previous installments, so they have some sort of backstory to them. You don't have to linger too much on stuff that you don't want to see or anything like that. Or, you know, you're just, you're more familiar with the character, so you're more invested in the character. And I was like, oh, man, I want, I like, and this movie's coming out very close to Endgame, and with the post credit scene to Infinity War, it, you can't help but have these movies be linked in some way. Right. And I'm kind of like, I hope this doesn't feel like a phase one movie in a phase three world. Yeah. And that was, I went from being very excited to being like, oh shit. A little worried. Very, very quickly. So. Yeah. Um, but no, we went and saw this in like the nicest theater you could possibly see in a movie. The Dolby. The Dolby theater. It was, it was awesome. Great experience seeing it in there. It's always nuts. Yeah. I, I when we were sitting in there, I was like, I, cause all the movies I've seen there are like comic book movies. Ready Player One and Jurassic World. Perfect. Yeah. Minus Jurassic World. But like, yeah, Jurassic I mean, World it's sucks. a good setting to see that type of movie, mm-hmm. but that movie, fuck it. I Dunkirk came out though in that theater. Yeah. And like, I didn't see it, but that's like the type. Like, I want to sure that. I want to go see like awesome. an intense like war movie in that theater because the sound and stuff like is nuts. If anyone ever has a chance to go to an like an AMC that has a Dolby theater and see a movie in Dolby, do it because it can turn or like a pretty shitty movie into like more of like. Like Jurassic World was bad, but I think I had more fun watching in there just because the screen is so big and the sound is so loud that it becomes almost an experience watching a movie there. Yeah. And the sound design too, like the way it moves through the speakers and like the subwoofers under the rows of seats, like yeah. you feel shit happen. Like it's it's pretty cool. We're not here to review the movie theater. We're here to review the movie. Yes. Man, I don't even know where to begin. Well, let's start where we always do, with, I guess, just the bare bones minimum of who's in this movie and who did it, I guess. Yeah, thank God you're here. (laughs) (laughs) This movie has the weight behind it of being the first Marvel female-led movie. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of controversy going on with it where there's people who really want it to fail because they're assholes. (laughs) DC fuckboys. Yeah, or... I see other people that they want this to succeed for those reasons, or they might look past flaws for those reasons. And then also just, this is going to right or wrong be compared to wonder woman, no matter what. Yeah, that's true. So it's got some, you know, and we were talking about the phase one origin story stuff. I feel like this movie has a lot to work through right off the bat. Yeah. It's gone up against a lot. It's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. It's unfortunate that like, political stuff has to get like dragged into this. I know the, these movies. Cause the same thing happened with wonder woman. Yeah. And it, and it's just people being like, it should be a dude instead of a woman. Women aren't strong. <laughs> wonder man. <laughs> it should be wonder man. <laughs> and, and we talked about it in our other episode. Like I, I like wonder woman. I think that's a good movie. Yeah. I don't like it's it. The best DC's done. It is the best DC's done. I don't like it as much as the scores 
are on it. I think it's a, it's not as good. I feel like this, yeah. the significance behind it being a female-led comic book movie influenced people's actual grades to the movie. Right. In both super positive and super negative. Yeah. It feels like these movies are way polarizing. People are either like, I'm going to say that I love it because I want to support this. Or I'm going to say that I hate it because I don't want to support this. Exactly. And nobody's giving like a real honest opinion based on what the movie is, just what the politics are behind mm-hmm. it. I hate that. I hate it. I too. think the same thing happened to Black Panther. Yep. No, I I agree also. And that's a and that's a really good movie. But I think people were like, it's a hundred, and it's like, no, it's like an eighty-five. Yeah. That's... Like, be real. Mm-hmm. Be real. It's a it's a good fucking movie, but people are acting like it's you know. <laughs> I don't even know Shawshank Redemption or something yeah, crazy. Yeah. The Godfather. Yeah, right? <laughs> but they followed suit with uh, what DC did, and they brought in a uh, female director. Yep, Anna Bowden and uh, Ryan Fleck. They're kind of like a tandem. They work on many movies together. Okay, what else have they done? Do you know? They you know it listed a lot. A lot of TV shows. That's I mean, a running theme for y- Marvel. Yeah, it is a running theme. Mississippi Grind is a movie that came out in 2015. They both worked on that. Surprisingly enough, uh, both Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, and Ben Mendelsohn, who's in Captain Marvel, are both in that movie. Oh, okay. And then the two of them also wrote this movie along with Nicole Perlman, who we've talked about on the show before. She was a writer on Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And she's a writer on the upcoming Detective Pikachu movie. Interesting. Also Meg- Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, exactly. A lot of connections. Yeah. And then uh, Meg LaFauve, I think that's how you pronounce it, LaFauve. No, not no. sure. But she is um got more ties to Disney and like Pixar. Okay. Uh, she was a writer on The Good Dinosaur and Inside Out. She is also a writer on this movie. I don't want to say inexperienced, but not a lot of big budget movie experience, I guess, on this. Yeah, but but, but that has proven to work it, in yeah, the MCU before. It seems like that is a theme where Disney and you know Marvel they're taking more like indie directors and giving them a shot in the spotlight. Yeah. So that is everyone that is involved with the the writing and directing on this. And then it cast uh, Brie Larson. Oh. <laughs> Brie Larson's playing Captain Marvel. Yeah. Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. Yep. Ben Mendelsohn, he's playing, is it Talos? Yeah, Talos. Character? Jude Law. I don't know. Jan Rog. Jan Rog. Jan Rog. Yep, nailed it. Yeah. And uh, Annette Benning is Marvel. Interesting choice there. Very interesting choice there. She's an amazing actress. She. I'll, I'll spoil this thought. She, she was great in this. Yeah. She really acted the shit out of every scene she was in. I wasn't sure how that was going to work. She's pretty good in it. I would say very good in it. Yeah. I liked her a lot. And then uh, Lashana Lynch is uh, um her friend, Maria. Yep. Yep. So a uh, pretty good cast on here. I mean, there's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of work. They didn't bring anyone relatively new in here for any of these parts, really. That's all, yeah. all well-known actors. So, But nobody like super heavy hitter that would take away from the... The characters. Yeah. yeah. So where do you want to start with this? Do you want to just go into the plot? Do you want to go... How do you want to do this? I don't know, man. I guess let's start with the plot, but general, and then we can start getting into... Uh, our thoughts and Getting prayers. into our thoughts, yeah. So the movie starts up. Captain Marvel is on... What's the Kree planet? Is it just called Kree? Hala. That's what it... Hala? Like but she, she's on that planet. She is a Kree. And for anyone who knows the backstory of the character, she is half human, half Cree, and um, ish. Yeah, ish. And ish. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, she's she's there, and she's basically training with Jude Law's character. They have like this like fight scene type thing, and a little sparring. Very, yeah, a little sparring. But very quickly, they kind of throw you into the action. They are going on like a covert mission uh, to this planet. Did you recognize one of the people in their party? Who was it? 
the guy with the he had the two swords and like the double mohawk thing going on. Who was that? He was the guy who finds Star Lord in the first oh the, uh, Guardians movie. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, is that where he's like, "Oh, you haven't heard of me? I'm who? I'm Star Lord. Who? That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, because he's he's a Cree. I didn't know that. So there's a good little connection there. Yeah, that is a nice Easter egg. That's one thing we were talking in the car and we were keeping it very brief. But you said that there's a few few things that you thought I might pick up on a second viewing. So I'm curious what you picked up on. Yeah. That was one thing that I didn't know about. Yep. Well, there you go. There's one little blip. Yep. So they blip blip. They, they yep. established that uh, basically like, yeah, we're going to this planet and there's scrolls on there and scrolls are these shape shifting creatures that they do not like. Yeah. <laughs> Cree good. Scroll bad. Cree good. Scroll bad. They don't ever tell you why. Exactly. <laughs> but we, we find out why later ish. <laughs> later ish yeah this mission basically like the way it plays out she gets captured yeah and ends up on their ship they're trying to, they're trying to get some information yeah trying to they're on the hunt for something but she knows none of this she's in the dark on everything she isn't in the dark on everything and that's because they which they quickly establish she has lost most of her memories she basically only remembers i think it was the last six years right i think so yeah All right that's about when she got to the Kree planet. Mm-hmm. She wakes up, she breaks out of the ship, gets down to Earth. Yeah. Meet Samuel well, Jackson. Import- importantly, like they're the scroll are cuz I feel like this is very important. The scroll are scanning through her memories. They're looking for something. Yeah. But she doesn't even know her memories, so she thinks it's like a brainwashing thing and she's like who's kind of like whose memories are these? And they're like, "No, they're they're yours." I thought that was a pretty cool scene like the way that they were doing that. I didn't <sighs> If it was shorter, I would have liked it. Okay, I'll give you that. It's very long. I will give you that. They they do park a lot of time on it. Yeah, because like normally, like when there's scenes where it's like a flashback or like they want to like reveal to the audience something quickly, but it's like subtle enough where you you don't know everything. Yeah, it's just like kind of like a flash. They show it real quick. This is like many flashes of short things, but it lasts like three minutes <laughs> or something. Like it's but really long. But it makes long. sense in the context of what they're doing. Yeah, I guess so. Th- this leads me to uh, something that I wish was different about the movie. I don't know if you want to get into yeah, it fuck now, it, but man. I don't particularly like the way that this story is structured, the way that they decide to tell this story. Yeah, it's sloppy Tarantino. Sloppy Tarantino, at least in my opinion. It's it starts up. That's his. That's his. Uh, that's his cousin. Quentin Tarantino, and then there's sloppy sloppy Tarantino. (laughs) He, Uh, he, uh, they're very similar. The only difference is Quentin Tarantino makes movies and has a foot fetish, and sloppy Tarantino just has a foot fetish. (laughs) (laughs) So, the way that the pace, or I guess the way the story structure is in this movie, uh, it takes place during present day. Well, Uh, present day for them, which was the 90s. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not present day, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place during that timeline, but they reveal things that have happened in the past throughout the movie, and a lot of those things that have happened in the past are major plot points to the story of this movie. Yeah, but But you don't know that then because she doesn't know that. Yeah, you don't know it because her memories are wiped, and I feel like that, though, is a big hindrance to the movie in numerous areas. One... I don't think that they ever make her loss of memory a big enough plot point where it actually hinders her. Yeah. When she meets her friend, mm-hmm. they are like, you know, reconnects with her friend. They play it off like it's a big moment. But you have no idea who the fuck that character is. No. So I never gave a shit. 
Yeah. Like, like I had no attachment to that character. I had no attachment to their friendship. And then they just play it off like, oh, yeah, you're my friend because you're telling me that we're friends type thing. Like, yeah. I, I felt like that was very weak. And I feel like if you actually just t- told the story in chronological order where she has, like, the relationship with her friend and then she, quote unquote, dies or goes missing or whatever. And then, you know, after being back on. They do, like, a six years later. They do thing a six years later. Like- then maybe that hits the audience way harder where it's like she knows you but you don't know her and you guys used to be so close and that's sad type thing. Yeah. But, but this is like, they kind of see each other and like we were friends and then she's like, Oh, okay, well I like you then. Yeah. And I think, I think the formula that you're talking about is a little bit more traditional or cookie cutter. And maybe that's why they were like, we should try to do something different than that. So I think they were taking a risk and maybe it just didn't play out the way that that one, it should have, but also maybe not the way that they planned. It's strange though, because I feel like this movie in general, in terms of its uh, like style and uh, direction and like, especially with the camera is extremely cookie cutter. Yeah. You look at a lot of these Marvel movies that have come out and there's such a sense of style with them. Guardians of the galaxy, Ragnarok, homecoming, black Panther. Yeah. This movie is just so by the books and blah with its like yeah it's, it's visuals very, it's very color by yeah, numbers yeah like if, if if their goal was to be not so traditional and tell the story different i don't know why it feels so traditional if that makes sense because no, everything I, I else it. about it is like that yeah and and like back to like the friend thing like i think there were those moments where they wanted to hit you in the feels but you couldn't feel anything because you also didn't know anything because they were trying to take you on her journey mm-hmm. and since she didn't know anything they kind of made it so that you didn't know anything as the audience for certain parts that you would kind of i guess feel for her more but that's but the only there's only two moments that really hit me in the feels and it's right before the movie started yeah they were doing the marvel studios like the thing. title card type thing yeah. yeah and and everything was all the stan lee cameos from the marvel that movies. was awesome i almost cried yeah <laughs> and i'm like cool movie just started i'm already tearing up <laughs> and then his cameo in this movie is awesome yeah fucking amazing yeah that's me and my brother talking about it and we're like that was actually like there was a few points in this movie where the audience applaud like you know started clapping and cheering and stuff yeah and that was one of them there, yeah there was a stanley moment and there was like one other one towards the end but like that was great i love that they did that yeah he he's on the the subway or on the train and he's reading the script pre- prepping for his cameo in mall rats yeah so it fits the 90s thing but it and it's like a little reference and I'm sure I'm sure Kevin Smith loved that. Yeah, probably. I wonder if he knew about that beforehand or if they put that in as like also a surprise for him. I don't know. I'm sure that I'm sure they asked him or they told him like, you know, I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't tell him. They were like, because they're going to be like, what is he going to do? Be like, oh, I'm going to sue you for the rights. Like, no, he doesn't. He wouldn't care. He's a fan. Like, yeah. he's going to love that. Yeah, no, there's there's YouTube videos of Kevin Smith, like reviewing Marvel trailers and stuff like that. Like, yeah, going into them. But no, that that was awesome. But yeah, no, I felt like uh, the character itself, like the way that they told this story kind of prevented you from learning what this character is all about. Like I didn't you didn't really know her past and you didn't have enough to like grab onto her. And like I said, her not having her memories never felt like too much of a hindrance because she kind of just shows up and she's very strong female character from the get go. She's she's kind of quippy. Almost more of it is the problem. The problem with her is that she is so overpowered. Yeah. And they like the whole the whole beginning and her whole training and a big part of why they're not sure if they're going to like actually make her a true like Kree officer is because 
can you control your power? Yeah. So it's almost like the opposite of other movies where you have to learn to be strong. Like she has to learn to tone it down. Yeah. Is basically what everybody's telling her. I felt very much so that she was almost a little too perfect. You know, a lot of the reason why you love Marvel characters and stuff is because they have like a haunted past or they have some sort of like, like Spider-Man, it sucks to be Spider-Man, like Wolverine and all this. There's reasons why, like, you could think, like, oh, man, it'd be so sick to have that power, but at the same time, like, no, actually, it kind of sucks to be that character. Like, I'm thinking yeah. Rogue and stuff. Really, she's like, just kind of, like, past. she's just kind of, like, perfect. And then, like, you you kind of find out, like, oh, some of her memories are missing, but, like, those memories coming back to her, I feel like never really had much of an impact on the story. She just kind of stays... There's not... Basically, what I'm saying is there's not much of an arc to her. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Because even by the end of it, she didn't really learn too much about herself. I mean, I I guess we're jumping really far ahead. But even like her end isn't like, well, now that I have these pieces, like I'm going to find out the rest of who I am. Yeah. No, she's just like, all right, I'm going to go do this this other thing. BRB. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> like that That is my biggest issue. The way this, the story is structured, I think, hinders a lot of other elements to this movie. And I know we're jumping out right now and just only talking negatives, but I feel like if that was different, this could have improved the movie, in my opinion, drastically. Yeah, like, oh, cause, definitely. Because I, I look at this story and I'm like, there's good, there's good things in here. Like, there's I a lot of good things. Yeah, I don't have a list of only cons. Like, I do have a list of pros in here as well. Yeah. Um, but that, I think, is a huge misstep. And I'm surprised that no one else was kind of like, hey, I think this might make it a little bit better because this goes through a lot of people and they know how to make good movies. So, like, why was it so sloppy in some areas, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I feel you. That's why I think that's what it is. They had a vision for it. They wanted to bring the viewer on a ride and leave you in the dark because she's in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I think it maybe backfired. Maybe maybe it even just backfired for us. I don't know. Maybe I can only see it through my own eyes. So I do want to see it again. Yeah. To kind of like figure that out. But no, there were a lot of like really, really good elements to this movie. Like one of the things I would say is that I think going into this, it being a 90s movie, I was worried that they would try way too hard to link everything to every other Marvel movie. And especially with this being the last MCU movie before Endgame. I was like, I really hope they don't try too hard to like make it like, oh, Endgame's coming. Endgame's coming. Oh, look out. Endgame's <laughs> coming. But we know in the 90s type thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that it felt separated. And, you know, there were some like fan servicey things. And there was some, uh, I guess it's not even fan servicey at this point because it's all, it is all in the same universe. But the relationship forming between Coulson and Fury. I thought those were cool. I was almost worried because in the trailers, like it was very heavy that Nick Fury and Agent Coulson were in this. Coulson basically is in the movie as much as you see him in the trailer. Yeah. Which is good because I was worried that having it be all three of them would take away from Captain Marvel's story. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that they they really just used Agent Coulson as like flavoring. Yeah. Almost. He was just sprinkled into a couple of scenes that were like, you know, pretty crucial moments and in so few scenes you see so much of his character shine through and i thought that was fucking brilliant the way that they used his character in this movie yeah i actually didn't even think about that but he's barely in it but the moments that are that are in it i think um do add to his character yeah throughout all these movies yeah absolutely like you you see those little 
those little sparks. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I think it was cool to see Samuel Jackson or Nick Fury as a little bit more of a uh, lighthearted character because he's already pretty grizzled by like the Avengers movies and yeah. stuff. So it's interesting to see him as like kind of like a young buck who's like still got like high hopes because this is before he's seen any aliens, any real like superheroes or anything like that. For a good part of this movie, I would say that Samuel L. Jackson is like a scene stealer. He's very charismatic. He's got probably some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't like what they did with him in this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do you think they kind of made it too cute? No. Um, where I want to take this is going to spoil other things in the movie, so I don't know if we should get into it right now. But his character in the way that they portray him and the decisions that he makes retcons a lot of things in other Marvel movies. Oh, really? That in... Well, now I got to know. Just spill know? these beans. Okay, so. Get these beans all over me. All right, so there's a few lines in other Marvel movies. Oh, there's more than a few lines in other Marvel movies. <laughs> no, but <laughs> in Avengers, Black Widow says when like the aliens are coming down and inv- invading and stuff, she's like, yeah. this is more than we were prepared for. Like, we didn't know about, like, aliens and all this stuff. We were never prepared for this. Okay. Why weren't they prepared for creatures from other planets? Well, maybe Black Widow wasn't. But she's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it, that that makes... But they, didn't, they don't know everything about everything in S.H.I.E.L.D. That's but, kind of been established, too, is that Nick Fury hides a lot of things from his own operatives. So does this movie make Nick Fury a shitty leader? No. If anything, maybe it's a reason why he doesn't divulge certain information because it's hard for him to... After you see people who are shapeshifters, it's like, okay, that kind of maybe that teaches him, oh, I can't trust anybody. I thought my I thought my boss was okay, and it turns out he was a scroll. True. So maybe if anything, this teaches him a lesson to not share information with everybody, and especially that he deals in this super secretive area of it. He's like, let me keep also she's been like a double triple quadruple agent before like she turns sides over like not in these movies but just like in the comics so like you know why would you tell a spy you you can't give a spy too much information because then but he also has hawkeye okay i'm just like if you're trying to build a team and prepare them for you know the worst of the worst that could come to earth you might want to tell them like yo there's there's aliens we experienced this in the 90s but then Maybe. also what i was gonna say is in the same movie they ask nick fury why they're using the tesseract to make wmds and he says because of thor but he already knew about super powerful aliens in the 90s yeah i think it's sloppy writing <laughs> this is what i'm saying yeah probably that's, There's a lot of confusion about the Tesseract and for us, even after the movie, we started talking that, about it right away. That's another thing. I'm talking strictly Nick Fury right now, but that's another thing. But the other thing, and this isn't uh, anything about his personality or anything. This, I just think, is so dumb. They show how he loses his eye in this movie. Yeah, that was a little and, stupid. And there's a line in Winter Soldier where he says, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Oh, he was talking about the cat? Cat? <laughs> Are you... F- oh, my God. <laughs> Well, in the comics, he he loses his eye. The original Nick Fury loses it in World War II, and then they updated it, made it more modern, and he lost it in like the Gulf War, okay. something like that. So he loses it in battle in yeah. the comics. This is, he's uh, holding up a cat who at this point has already been, spoiler alert, found out to be a super serious alien yeah. creature thing. Uh, they call it like a, a lor- Lorcan or a Lurkin or something. 
Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Something like that. Yeah. It sounds right. And then the cat scratches his eye. Somebody says like, oh, no, he got you good. He's like, no, it's okay. And then Talos is like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, uh, and then they show him picking out fake eyes later. I liked that though. And, and then and then and then also the thing with the fake eye. I guess maybe he doesn't wear them because when he flips up his eye patch in Winter Soldier, it's his eye and it's all fucked up. Yeah. But now every time I watch Winter Soldier, I'm gonna be like, man, this fucking cat, this fucking cat, <laughs> cat did that to you. It's like, the last time I trusted someone. Like, oh, yeah, he trusted God. that cat. That's what it was. I I don't. That like holds that. up. That holds up. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a tough thing going with the uh, prequel route. For yeah, this movie. yeah. This I have it written down in my notes, but I felt like some of this movie may I don't want to say it was made by people who don't know the MCU as well. This was an origin story for Nick Fury's eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like there was a lot of hands on this movie. Yeah, probably. And it's probably because of what we were talking about earlier with it being a female led uh, superhero movie and wanting it to succeed and stuff. Probably a lot of people had their their hands on this movie, and it was probably too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's like so many things in this movie. I'm watching it. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't want to be that guy because everything in here is fake. But like, that's not how that works. That's not how that happened. Like, yeah. how was the Tesseract on the ship? Yeah, that was, that was our biggest thing. So, well, here we go. We're just going to unload a whole bunch of spoilers in a row. So spoiler alert, the Tesseract is in this movie. Double spoiler alert, the woman who was her like commanding officer in on Earth is actually Kree. Triple spoiler alert. She's not only Kree, she is Marvel, who in the comics is male. But, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Because I think there was not too many purists who were like, Marvel is the shit. Like, nobody cared. Yeah. Like, people didn't really start caring about the Captain Marvel character until Carol Danvers. They've, anyways, already, they've really. already flipped characters, you know, genders and races and stuff. No, yeah, and it doesn't. Times. So, it, so it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's un, un, unimportant. I I actually liked that reveal that she was Marvel because mm-hmm. that actually kind of makes sense for Carol Danvers like comic origins. There are some things that they had to change, but I liked the changes that they made. But yeah, she's Marvel. She has a secret laboratory in orbit. Spoiler alert for that one, too. <laughs> just unloading right I'm now. Just unloading. But she has the Tesseract. She's using the Tesseract to help build this, like, light speed, like, travel machine. Yeah. I guess I could have just called it engine. <laughs> yeah. Light speed travel machine. Light speed travel machine. You know those machine. travel machines everybody's <laughs> driving around these days? We talked about it in the after the fact, but... I couldn't hold it back. I was so confused. Yeah, so... I guess the way for that to work, because they Howard Stark found the Tesseract while looking for Captain America in the ice after his ship crashed in right. the first Avenger. They pull they pull him up. They also pull up the Tesseract. Yes. So the only way that that could work is that if Marvel asked Howard Stark for it for the project Can and I then borrow it for show and tell. Ba- kind of, yeah, basically, yeah. like I'm working on this thing. Can I use it or something like that? And then at some point, it makes its way up to the ship. And then through the cat, it makes its way back down to Earth before Avengers. Literally through the cat. Literally through the cat. Because cat swallows the Tesseract. Yeah. Which they've established that you can't touch the cat Tesseract, but apparently uh, cats can swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't think... Oh, man. That, I don't think it's like very thought out. That's why I think a lot of it feels like people weren't entirely familiar with the mcu when it's, they made it's it almost like when they were making it there must have been somebody going like 
but wait, does that make sense with this? And they were like, this is going to be a fun movie. I don't think anybody's going to care. <laughs> and it's like, oh, are you wrong? wrong. Yeah. yeah. Every, especially this fandom. This is like pretty close to like Star Wars level nerdgasming. Like, yeah, it really is. They're going to scrutinize every little piece of your movie. Like you should be well thought out. And I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe does a really good job thinking stuff out. This movie felt like they were just throwing stuff yeah throwing stuff at the screen i completely agree we we've been harping on a lot of like of the negative things but i actually like swear right now i'm like my big issues with the movie are done i felt i feel like it's made by people who don't know the source material as well as other directors in this uh franchise well if we can get it out of the way i actually have one other thing that was kind of bothering me okay I saw a lot of people previous to the movie and us knowing that it's going to take place in the 90s that people were like, oh, that soundtrack has to be be spot on. Okay, The soundtrack has to be there. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with a 90s soundtrack, but the music choices for some of these scenes, rough, just flat out bad. Yeah. (laughs) They played I'm Just a Girl. Oh, my God. During like the climactic fight scene. Yeah. On the spaceship. And. It was mega eye roll. Yeah. That is not a fight song. No. It is not. Oh, my God. I get it. I fucking get it because it's like, I'm just a girl. It was, it was so on the nose. nose. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Fuck you guys. That was bad. I I also noticed, yes, it's 90s theme. The soundtrack is primarily 90s songs from bands that are fronted by women. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm fine with, but it's like you're kind of beating us over the head with it at this point. Yes, it they have Salt and Pepper, Garbage, TLC, No Doubt, Hole, and then the there was one song that they used that was not female fronted. It was '90s, but also kind of too on the nose when they did Nirvana, Come As You Are, mm-hmm. when she goes to the like Supreme Intelligence at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. And it's like, come as you are. And it's because this thing never shows its true self. And I just, some of the things in it were just way too heavy handed. I, I completely agree. I have in my notes, um, I was kind of knocking out the my major issues, but that is another issue. I have, I really like the score. Really hate the soundtrack though. Yeah. Um, the score is kind of like an electronic synthy type score in this. Yeah, and it's I, cool. I, but man, yeah, the song choices in this are so rough. They're, and they're just so poorly placed. And it was funny. I was talking to someone on my hockey team last night before our game, and he knew that I had seen it. And he was like, he's like, please just tell me this. He's like, there's no scene in this movie where the like Captain Marvel is like, like I could do this because, you know, like I'm like, you know, like a strong like woman and women can do whatever they want. He's like, because I hate that. Like, obviously, like, you don't need to say that now. And I was like, no, there is not that. And I was like, and I completely agree with you. And I'll, and then we, we kind of got talking. I was like, the fact that it's like such a big deal for a female to be a heroine in a movie is so stupid because like we were like, I'm like, you ever hear Ellen Ripley from Aliens? Like you ever yeah. hear of like Sarah Connors from yeah. Terminator? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there have been badass women in movies for so long and they don't make it a point to be like, you'll never be strong because you're a woman. They yeah. just are just like, guess what? Our fucking character is a woman mm-hmm. and they just go about their day. Like, yeah, of course, like you just have to accept. Yeah. She's a fucking badass. Yeah. 
Like, and I and I and I said I was like, there's no there's no monologue, there's no line like that in this movie. I was like, but there are song choices that are rough as hell and so on the nose with it, and it was just like very agitating. Yeah, I, like you know, we were talking about like movies that this was gonna be compared to. Wonder Woman is a very feminist movie, but they are very like. I would say subtle with it. Like there's no like moment where she's like, I can do this or there's no cheesy song choices. It's just an empowering movie for women. Yeah. I don't, this, I don't know if you're going to like me saying things, good things about a DC movie in a Marvel review, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel I, fine about that. Yeah. Like this, this isn't a movie about a woman who is empowering. This is just about a woman who is powerful. Yeah. But you it's supposed I mean? to be empowering for women watching it. Is it though? Is it? I wish we had, I really wish we had a woman on the show with us. Because I almost feel like it's not at certain points. Like, well, I'm saying I, I feel like it's a disservice to try and be heavy handed. Oh, in no, showing I, the the opposite side and like being like, see, I'm a girl, but I'm still doing it. No, just do it. And that is the empowering thing is the fact that you are not acknowledging the other side, the doubters like you should just go out and fucking kick ass and be a strong female character instead of i mean there's some moments where like they make her kind of seem weak and not not physically weak but just like mentally emotionally like and i feel like those are things that are usually like negatively attached to women and especially women characters in movies that they're emotional in this and that and consistently throughout the whole movie they're basically just like Oh, you're too emotional. That's why you can't control your power. Yeah. And I guess the payoff is at the end is that she can control her power, but still it's like, is it empowering to see a woman who's like basically literally kicked in the face over and over again? Or wouldn't it be more empowering to not fucking like acknowledge that bullshit that is already poisonous in the industry and just make a movie about a strong, powerful woman? Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the goal was to make an empowering movie, but I feel like there's things that detract from it. It's kind of what I was saying with that. Yeah. Like, you know, you know that in the studio, they're like, this is going to be our Wonder Woman. Like, this is going to be like, they've said this is like a feminist movie. Like, it's meant to do that. I just felt like there was things that detracted from doing that. In and some, granted, some we're straight white males. Yeah. Like trying to like break down feminism, but. I don't know. I I just saw flaws in their way of, of trying to empower. Mm-hmm. That's no. I completely. I don't think you should acknowledge any of the doubters. Like that's why I, I brought up Ellen Ripley and and Sarah Connor's like two of the best like heroines in like any like sci-fi movie ever. Yeah. And they're just badasses. You don't need any of that shit. I don't yeah. really know why. Like that's a thing that we- same thing with Zoe Saldana, Gamora. Yeah. Nebula. There's there is nothing in in their stories that makes them seem weak in because they're a woman like they're not weak because they are female characters they have moments of weakness because of their you know gamora's love for star lord or their horrible past exactly like it's not like oh you lost this battle because you're a girl yeah so you have characters in the mcu already who you didn't do this thing of like Oh, well, we have to explain to the audience that even though she's a woman, she is strong. This movie felt like they were trying to say to the audience, like, hey, guys, we know it's a woman, but guess what? She's actually really strong. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you fucking idiots. Like, you did such a good job with other characters and making them feel like really strong female characters without having to justify why they're strong. Like, 
do that. Just do that. You did it already. Do it again. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I felt like there was too many cooks in the kitchen on this movie. Yeah. There's, I think, at least five writers Hella's a fucking nightmare to deal with yeah. in Ragnarok. She's such a badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, what are you doing? You've done it before. You've done it with so many characters. They've made so many strong female characters, and then they did this. Yeah. This movie, like, I guess you know, it should be obvious now. This movie was a letdown for me. Me too, man. Yeah. I think, you know what I think it is? I think this movie would score a lot higher for me. I mean, we didn't even talk about our scores, but I think it would score a lot higher for me if it was if it came out in a different time. I agree. I think if it wasn't in between Infinity War and Endgame, I would like it a lot more. I think if it was before Infinity War, even if it was still Phase 3, I think if it was pre-Infinity War, I would have liked it better. Or if we are introduced to her in Endgame and then they double back and explain her story like how they did Black Panther and Spider-Man, where mm-hmm. they're introduced in another movie and then you double back and learn more about their past. I think that would have been a better play to release this post Endgame. My fears with the movie feeling like a phase one movie and a phase three world. I That's how I felt when I left the movie. I was like, yeah, that's kind of. I think it's the perfect way to phrase it. Yeah. Although I might even say like early phase two. Yeah. Because phase one was really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this deserves a little more credit than that. I do want to get into some positives, though. Yes, let's do that. So there is a twist later on in the movie with the villain. Did not see that coming. That was very good. Yeah, so basically the whole movie, you're like, scroll bad, Cree good. But it turns out that Cree bad, scroll good. Which you could almost kind of see coming in the beginning. Well, also, if you know the comics, then some of these things make sense. Like, generally in the comics, the scroll are bad. Mm-hmm. But also in Marvel, everybody flips sides. Yeah. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But the scroller generally uses villains. But Jan Rog is a villain in the comics. Okay. So I already saw that coming. I knew I knew that he was the reason that she was there, basically. Also the fact that that guy You who? That's what it is. <laughs> who? You who? <laughs> you who? But the fact that he was he was there, and I know from Guardians that he was working under Ronan the Accuser, and the fact that Ronan the Accuser is who Yonrog is like communicating with, like he's a Cree. There are a lot of like foreshadowing that he's gonna be a bad guy. But no, the twist is that Talos doesn't want to conquer the universe, or whatever, which is basically like what they've been saying. For like the whole beginning, like Kree yeah. are telling her, or Yon Rog has been telling her, like they're they're gonna wipe us out and like they're invading these other planets. And he's like, We're not invading. He's like, We're refugees. Like we've been our home has like been destroyed. Like we have been under attack by the Kree and this in this senseless war for so long, and we are trying to flee. That's why we want the the light speed, you know, engine. Yeah. You know, Kree say it's so that they can get to more planets and expand their conquering throughout the galaxy but they're like no we want to move get as far away from kree rule as possible so that we can live in peace Mm -hmm. he's like i'm trying to protect my family i really liked that reveal and it almost kind of works on a few different levels because one you know it works on just like the revealing stuff to the audience level and stuff like that but also it kind of does an exercise with you where it's like 
good and evil is almost perception based. Yeah. Because they don't tell you why the scrolls are bad in the beginning of the movie. Nope, not at all. You just assume They're because just in a war. that's bad guy. And then by the end, you're like, oh shit, that's the bad guy. This is the good guy. And it kind of does something where you're like, you know, good and evil is that perception based or is like the winners and losers are good and evil in like a war or something almost like written by like the victors of the war, like the more powerful. Very much so. So I, I really like that. I thought that was very smart and really like yeah. that. that. Yeah, that was great. And there's so much attention also to like theories about like secret invasion and stuff like that, that everyone is just you're talking assuming. about me. Yeah, but no, I've heard it from other people too. Like that, I mean, and that is also one of the biggest like I'm a little Marvel. I'm a little bit sad that we're not getting the secret invasion. <laughs> Although we might, we might. You never know. Maybe somebody stayed behind. There's a knows. really cool. Sh- I love the shot of all of them coming out of the water. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. I really like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like that twist. And I think, like I was saying, that there's so much attention being brought to the scrolls being introduced into this movie and how like they haven't done the secret invasion storyline that. A lot of people are just like, okay, the scrolls are the bad guys because, yes, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because it would then, set up a lot for the future. And then they basically like throw a middle finger up to everyone, like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. But that was that's probably it's good. my it favorite thing about this movie. Toes. Yeah. Another thing that I really like in this movie. Well, also, well, before you jump off of that, talking about the misdirect, the actor who plays Talos. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. He's always playing bad guys. You actually had mentioned this when we left the movie. Like, <laughs> the, that's such a good misdirect too, because he's always playing a villain. So yeah. even just the casting makes you see like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy, <laughs> Suicide Squad style. <laughs> oh what, I'm just the bad guy now. Now I'm trying to get my kids out of here. <laughs> but no, like even even yeah, that casting kind of tells you, hey, this is the bad guy. So even then, when it's a misdirect and he's not a bad guy at all, mm-hmm. even even more of a surprise. It's yeah. like, oh wow, this guy's actually playing a good guy. I'm, I haven't seen him do that yet. <laughs> He's the bad guy in Rogue One, uh, Ready Player One, other Dark Knight w- Rises. I was gonna say other one movies, <laughs> other one movies. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Um, I think he was in he was in Animal Kingdom. I'm pretty sure. Okay, but uh. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's always the bad guy and shit, and yeah. uh, I like that. Also, I really like the look of the scrolls. Yeah, I think it came out great. Really good. Um, it wasn't CG, all like prosthetics and, he, and stuff like that. He fucking acts the shit out of this movie. Every he he's another scene stealer in this. He's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel he, like sometimes he, makes, he can overact. I I liked his performance in this one. He makes really good choices throughout it. He has he has some funny moments and he has some like really impactful moments. He has some of the more touching moments in it. Like when you get on the ship and then realize yeah, he really does. Like oh he's not here for the test because that's the other thing is like basically he's saying like we want to get the tesseract and get out of here. He doesn't say tesseract. He just was like we want to get this thing that she's been working on Marvel. And then you get up there and then Captain Marvel is actually the one who says he's not coming for the, the Tesseract. He, he came for them. And then you realize like his wife and child who he hasn't seen. And I don't remember how long it was, but it was something like 10 years or something like that. Probably since it was born since a baby. And they've been hiding in that hidden laboratory all of that time. And he's just been trying to get back to them. Yeah. Fucking that was, that was a really good moment. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's actually a very good character in this movie. Absolutely. Pro- probably like legitimately my favorite part of the movie is like all of his stuff. Yeah. Oh, when he when he goes to her friend's house and but he's not in disguise and he just like comes to her in peace and mm-hmm. everything, that whole scene is great. Yeah. That whole scene there's like that edginess of like seeing the other scroll outside as the little girl's mom and there's like that tension. 
and and this is before the reveal that like they're not actually bad and he's just trying to like talk to her and he's like i just need your help at this point he's like i'm just coming to you no tricks and then there's that good line they're like well then what what about him outside and he's like okay yes one <laughs> trick but <laughs> so yeah no he he does a great job this is the movie I'm seeing again. Like I'm going to the movies right after this. It's I'm seeing this movie again. I, yeah, in, I, in like 45 minutes, you're going to be seeing this movie yeah. again. <laughs> I I actually I think I'm going to enjoy this better on a second viewing. Yeah, because when I was watching it the first time, I don't like scenes like that where the villain like goes to someone and basically just toys with them and like is like I just want to talk things out and they like like real villains in real life wouldn't do that. Yeah, knowing now that he's not actually the villain, things it, seem it to make sense. more sense. Absolutely. So. I think there's there's things I'm gonna like a little bit more upon second viewing. One thing that I do want to get into because I feel like we really have to talk about this: how good is the de aging CGI on Samuel L. Jackson? Fucking in this amazing! Movie? I was looking, looking hard, seeing like where's a flub, where's yeah. like somebody missed a line or something, or where where's there like too much blur or something. It's amazing. It's yeah. fucking insane how good it is. Yeah, this is just in terms of like filming someone and then just like de-aging them like they've done with several other movies a lot recently. But they've usually done it for like shorter periods of time. Yeah, this is this is the longest that a character has been de-aged on screen. Yeah. And cuz even when they did it to Robert Downey Jr, it was for like maybe a 3 minute scene mm-hmm. in the beginning of Civil War. Normally and, it looks very strange. And same thing with Hank Pym in like the Ant-Man flashbacks, like yeah. super short. This looked fucking incredible. I was shocked how much Samuel Jackson is in this movie because I was like, you're not gonna be able to DH him for that into like the whole movie. People are gonna notice, and it's flawless. Yeah, so uh, good in this. It's like un unfucking believable. This is this is the future. <laughs> it really is. Like actors can die, and they'll just be in every movie ever, anyways, because. You could probably just com- fully computer generate them. And he'd Isn't probably it look crazy? Because like I know, like now actors are putting like clauses into their contracts and stuff like that. Like you cannot use me after I die. Like, isn't it crazy that, that has to be a thing where it's like after I die, Not I don't want to be in any more movies. <laughs> like... Yeah, don't put me in Grown Ups Three. three. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts, though. That's yeah, nuts. it's fucking bananas. He looks the visuals on that so good. I think. uh the visuals in general are a little inconsistent, but that specifically is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, can't say enough good things about that. I like the chemistry between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. I feel like we haven't talked much about Brie Larson's performance in this movie, but yeah, I do like the way that they kind of like quip back to each other. She's kind of, her, that's, she- that's very authentic to her character in the comics. Too. Yeah. She is kind of like that quippy, uh, sarcastic. Cause she she is like uh not necessarily like cocky but almost has like a little bit of that like Tony Stark edge to like the way that she talks except mm-hmm. less of a dick to people yeah but still like kind of like I saw some playful. people being like this character is the female Iron Man in a sense or like there was they, they were actually saying the female Robert Downey Jr. is what they were saying which was stupid but like yeah. I the the quippiness and the confidence I think definitely comes out in her character. Yeah, but it's all but that's kind of the part of the thing I was saying earlier where I feel like it's inconsistent because quippiness and confidence sometimes and then other times she has like no confidence. Yeah. at all. Yep. So it's it's weird because it, it's almost like there's two versions of her at any given moment throughout the movie. Kind of, yeah. They show her like maybe it's because she has powers but they show her through flashbacks, which is really why I wish they showed you more of her as an actual human. 
Yeah. It seems like the moments when she was human, she was a lot more uh like vulnerable and stuff. Yeah. But like she basically like overcomes obst- obstacles yeah. to get where she is. And she never stops doing what she wants to do. Wants like, to that's do. kind of like a, a running theme in those flashbacks. Yeah. I like I like how they like show how she is like a go getter type thing or like confident in herself where she's eventually gonna do it like but they kind of glance over it. That's why I feel like if they had actually showed you more of it and showed her development as a character, I would have cared more about her and stuff yeah. like that. But her character, in, in a sense, in this movie is a little inconsistent with how she acts and how the audience, I think, feels about her. Yeah. But just getting back to the two of them, I really liked Sam L. Jackson and Brie Larson together. I thought they played well off of each other and yeah, absolutely. very quippy. The funniest moments are when they're talking. Either the funniest moments are either when they're talking to to each other or when Samuel L. Jackson is talking to a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, no, she has like a lot of really good like back and forth with him. Um, when they're when she's trying to see if he's a scroll, like that's a funny moment. When they get to the Pegasus facility, and he's like, "Here, put this hat on." She's like, "Do you guys normally wear uh, your logo when you're trying to be like a?" Co- covert like operation and everything he's like says the woman who showed up uh with in a rubber suit yeah she like crashed through a blockbuster <laughs> so i said i was a little bummed that this didn't feel like it tied into Infi- or endgame or infinity war much and mm-hmm. you said you'd be surprised how much you got anything for me okay so i think this movie well first of all it explains where she's been why was she not involved in infinity war like how did how is she not impacted by all of this Mm -hmm. she abandoned the kree yeah so she probably is not fully aware of what what happened on xandar which is where thanos took the first stone the power stone so that could be why she didn't know that he was on this rampage because all of the places that he had to go in the universe are the places that she was the furthest away from um earlier in the movie like you see like she's hardwiring like the phone and stuff and she's like creating communicators out of just like our earth technology so like obviously like that's where you get the beeper from mm-hmm. and the pager and she's saying like in, in case of emergencies you know some people are arguing like oh so like when aliens invaded new york like that wasn't an emergency <laughs> like in <laughs> I the didn't first avengers that, yeah. or, or when ultron was lifting a full city out of the out of the ground and then going to drop it and destroy the earth. That was an emergency. Yeah. And I guess you could argue that maybe Nick Fury just had enough faith in the Avengers and like, this was something that was doable. Yeah. This isn't, this ain't no big deal. This ain't nothing. (laughs) A walk in the park girl. But you know, when the fucking entire universe is cut in half, like, I guess that's a good time to to call her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe we should, we should page this, this lady. But the biggest thing, and I think the biggest connection to Endgame, they want to show you she's a badass and strong, and they do that in this. But I think the real reason she's going to be a a real problem for Thanos, her power comes from an Infinity Stone. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because the yeah. Tesseract is what's used to power that core, which is the Space Stone. Yeah. It's also been mentioned that the Space Stone opens a doorway through the through the universe which they mentioned in the first captain america and that's why red skull is using it um they're making weapons out of it but it's more than that so she has this power she might have some sort of power to travel through 
through space at like lightning. It, it's probably why she can breathe in space without the suit. Okay. And everything like she just goes like full fire, yeah, and like flies out into space. That's why she can breathe without it, and she because she is the space stone essentially. She has the power of the space stone, and they've already established an Infinity War. You need a matching like energy to destroy an Infinity Stone. So there might be a way that they can go back in time, go back to Wakanda, the battle, use Vision to fight because it doesn't he his stone is not the only stone that they can destroy now because she can destroy the space stone. Mm-hmm. So now basically she is an infinity stone. She can fuck shit up now. Yeah. It does lead to another problem of why as I mean it did end up killing her but like how could she absorb the power of an infinity stone? But it is it is interesting that like that's going to kind of prove how she can be that powerful and really be a a serious foe to Thanos and I think that's the biggest connect you know it doesn't look like it now but I think when we get to Endgame it'll retroactively make Captain Marvel make a or the movie Captain Marvel make a little bit more sense I could see that I mean they do go off the rails to some degree in showing how powerful she is because she literally destroys an entire ship with her body that's true that's true (laughs) she just uses herself as as a fiery bullet (laughs) just no fucks given I have a question what do you got when she's at the end of the movie and she's in space and she's looking at the ship. Yeah. She's wearing that leather jacket. How's it not on fire? Space stone, baby. <laughs> it's the infinity stones. They can do wonderful things that your your simple mind can never imagine. That, um, that jacket was made in America. <laughs> Goddamn right. None of that cheap Chinese leather. <laughs> you already know. No, that's that's actually... Because we, we were looking for, you know ways that this movie could tie into infinity war and i was a little disappointed that it didn't feel like it gave you much other than introducing the characters so that's actually a good point i think it'll tie in more once you see endgame i think as it stands now looking at it not knowing what's going to happen in endgame it's kind of like maybe we don't see it as much but when endgame comes out there might be a lot more things that we didn't even notice in captain marvel and we're like oh shit now that makes sense yeah which is kind of like a sloppy way to put it together which is it's almost why like i'd almost rather have seen seen endgame come out and she like whoop ass and then you're like but how and then captain marvel comes out and you're like oh tesseract yeah and like oh that's why she's super badass it's because she her power derives from the infinity stone yeah if if they put captain marvel out before or after endgame it might undercut some of Endgame. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. It would feel unwarranted in some way where it's just okay. kind of like you follow all these characters and this character just shows up who's never been in a movie before and just wrecks, like runs yeah. house. And then She's like, <laughs> oh, hey, Earth's mightiest, you know, defenders. You guys, you guys having a good time here? You never <laughs> met me before, but I'm better than all of you and I'm going to beat Thanos by myself. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> the post credit scene, there's two. The first one that they show Looks like it might just be a scene from Endgame. Which wouldn't be the first time they've done that. Yeah. Not for Endgame, but they they showed a clip from Civil War at the end of one of the Guardians movies. Was it Guardians or was it Ant-Man? Could have been Ant-Man. I think it's it's one of them. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I I know it's not the first time. That was a in some ways that was a little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. That I I don't know if I was let down. It was just kind of I, I knew it was coming. Like, obviously, we know we knew Captain Marvel was going to be an Endgame. Yeah, that was basically the whole thing. Is that what Avengers are left or back at the compound, and they're just watching this ticker, and it's all the confirmed 
kills or deaths or, missing know. is what they call them yeah and it's like different countries and they're all in like the millions and they're just like whatever they're just like whatever <laughs> <laughs> millions like, of people. we get it yeah. <laughs> and then uh the cheats don Cheadle war machine he he comes in and goes hey that that thing he stopped thinging or whatever and <laughs> i wish that was a line <laughs> is that not a bad line for like his character because yeah. he doesn't really know like all the techie stuff that yeah. would have been a pretty funny line hey that thing he stopped thinging, thinging. in the other room <laughs> although probably not really fitting when they're just watching millions of people or <laughs> are dying and they're like <laughs> Rhodes, you're hilarious <laughs> but anyways <laughs> they go and they go and the pager just turned off and they're like well I thought we set up the battery, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, we have like the power running. It just stopped sending the signal. They're like, all right, we'll send it again. They go and look at the beeper. Black Widow, she's like, get that thing going again. I want to know who's on the other line. And she turns around and Captain Marvel is standing there and she's looking fierce. She's just like, where is Nick Fury? Yeah. But she looks pissed. She looks like she was like, this movie's not big enough for two blondes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you better go back to being a redhead. Yeah, dye your hair again, you psycho. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to. You're getting your own movie now. Yeah, but yeah. then but then it ends and it's just like Captain Marvel will return in Endgame. Yeah, people are like, yeah, and I'm like, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we all that's knew. Like, that's why, like, I was hoping for something more spicy. Yeah, something we didn't know. I don't know. I also I would have liked seen something that's maybe about Ant Man. It doesn't okay. have to. This like. I wanted it, something that really... I like not knowing too much though. I've said a lot in these episodes. I like when I think they have to play very very close to the chest i i agree but at the same time and this is probably just me and how i've hyped it up for myself the fact that these movies are so close together i was like there's there's got to be some huge huge reveal there's got to be some reason and then after the movie i was like oh it's just so yeah. you knew who she was before she during, showed up and kicks ass in the next movie like that's during that that's uh it. that original credit roll when it's like the animations and stuff like that yeah i leaned over to pat who was with us and i just said now for the part of the movie i really came for <laughs> <laughs> i want to see the post credit i gotta know because i knew it would have to link back i was okay with the link because it gave it gives us a little bit more of a taste of endgame and now we're only like what six weeks away yeah yeah. So, I mean, by the time the episode comes out, it'll it'll probably be like three or four weeks away. Mm-hmm. I think it is smart. I just, me, I, I wanted a little bit more. I want a little bit more. I also wasn't like, I didn't enjoy the movie as much as I thought I would. So I was kind of sitting there in the theater like, okay, give me something. Give me something here that I can really talk about. Like, give me something good here. And then it was kind of just like, it literally looks like a scene from the movie. And yeah. the scene looks like a scene that's in the trailer. So yes. it was kind of like, Ugh. it's basically just extending up one part of the trailer. Yeah. But I think, I think we both were, I said earlier when we were talking the trailer park, I, I try not to go into movies with high hopes. Well, guess what? Marvel movies have pretty much set me up that I'm always going to have high hopes. I said that uh, and, yesterday to my, my teammate. That yeah. I was like, I was like, it may have just been because now, like I set the bar high, like black Panther, Infinity War, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, each Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Spider Man, like Civil War. They, they're killing it with all these movies. This I, I don't want to spoil anything for like our MCU Phase Three one. This is probably one of the weaker ones in MCU. This feels middle of the pack to me. Middle of the pack, okay. Middle of the pack to me. It's definitely a lot better than some of their this earlier is, movies, this, but it's not as good as what they've been putting out. The movie that I got, you know, if, you know. This is the movie that I got a similar vibe from in just terms of like a disappointment and how kind of like. Are you going to say Iron Man 2? No. Oh. Like just like blah. 
It is Age of Ultron. Okay, I can see that because even Age of Ultron, it's like I saw it as a weaker movie, but I still liked it. I didn't mm-hmm. hate it. Like it it wasn't like an incredible Hulk or a yeah. or a Thor Dark World, mm-hmm. but it definitely just, left just, something to be desired. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of build up and not a strong enough payoff. Actually, we were going to have our friend Pat as a guest, and I was saving it. We wanted him to come on. We were all down for it. We saw the movie, and then earlier today, let me know that he he didn't think he was going to be able to do the podcast, but he also said he's like it's probably better because he doesn't have any strong opinions on the movie. He said, "quote I tried thinking more about it and I couldn't. That's how much I just thought it was okay." <laughs> yeah. And I think that sums it up pretty strong. So in a way, he is on the podcast because I just said his basically <laughs> that's his review. <laughs> that's his full review. That's his full review. It's it was just okay. Yeah, but. Let's jump into the tomato tomato on this. Okay. I I think I remember seeing it fairly recently. Pretty big difference, but I think it's a bullshit difference. Yeah. So we got um, this actually has changed since last night when I when I even looked. Okay. So right now, critic score 79 percent. Okay. Wow. Mm hmm. Dip below the 80s. It did dip below the 80s. Audience score. Thought it would be in the 90s. (laughs) Get it? Yeah, because it's I in the nineties. Because they told you because they thousand played, yeah. times. <laughs> Did you get it from all of the songs they played? Audience score fifty three. Wow. So it's a rotten score. But that's bullshit because there's also people who are like using bots to berate the movie, and it had a low audience score before the movie came out. So that's bullshit. I think some of the audience score might also be people that, like we were saying, hardcore Marvel fans that are like, these things aren't true to the MCU. Yeah. They're pissed off about it. Knocking it down. Yeah. But you know what else I think is going against it? And this is a little bit of uh, not about the movie, but in the like press junkets for the movie, like Brie Larson's really been rubbing people the wrong way. And she's been like kind of using it as like a political platform almost and using it as a way to like discuss like you know certain like political issues which is like fine but i think a lot of people are put off when actors want to talk politics yeah and then it alienates a lot of your audience Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of people who are bombarding this movie with negative reviews because they don't like her and what she's saying Mm -hmm. so i think the audience score is bunk i think it's not valid (laughs) so i will say tomato give me a grade I'm going B minus. B minus. Yeah, I I, w- I would put it like between like an eighty to like an eighty three. I am going to go tomato as well, and my letter grade would be a C plus. Um, okay, so I'm, we're very I'm close. right. I'm right there with with the. You're like score. just under. You're you're probably like top seventy nine. I'm like bottom eighty. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, yeah. We're basically we're basically right on. That um that fifty three percent is way too low. Way too. This low. is not a failing movie. Not at all. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't really think it's a good movie. But at the very, I think it's a good movie. I think I think we're it's gonna be impossible to not compare it to everything else going on in Marvel, and I think that's what brings it down more. Yeah. Like I honestly think if if this had come out in phase two, I'm I may have even graded it higher, mm-hmm. like B plus. Yeah, maybe. But it's because now we know what we can get out of Marvel that this feels kind of hollow. Yeah, for me, I think it's it's mediocre. 
I gotta see it again. You're gonna see it again. I'm, I'm gonna see it again. That's crazy that you're like, I think it's mediocre. Also, I'm seeing it twice in the same weekend. You're <laughs> contributing to the opening box office. Yeah, a lot. I uh, I'm hoping that because I, I I really wanted to love this movie. I'm hoping I like it a little bit more after I see it a second time. But just with the lack of emotional impact that it has on me, and just the lack of style from a directorial standpoint, and the plot holes, and just, yeah, well, just the, the plot that... holes for the MCU. Yeah. Because the movie itself, I don't feel like, has any major plot holes. No, the, no, it's, it's the, the plot the holes movie, for the MCU. Right. The movie, yeah. on its own, is pretty clean in that sense. But yes, it does kind of create some inconsistencies in the greater MCU, which at this point now, all of these movies have to dance around every other movie. Yeah. Which I could see as being a challenging thing if you want to make something that stands out on its own. And maybe that's why they said it in the 90s, more so than anything else is that they wanted to try and detach it from the rest of the MCU so that they could do something on its own. But then, you know, that it creates other issues. Yeah. It's not that I, I, I didn't hate this movie. It was just, it was disappointing. It's disappointing. Like I said, I wanted it to be more. I have, I have higher yeah. standards for these movies now. So, well, that's what they did to us. They yeah. fucked us, man. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel. How dare you us. make so many good movies, Marvel? Yeah. They made us think that we deserve just a plus movies every time. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's our fault for expecting the best from them always. All the time. They've had stumbles, but they always... That's the one thing I will say. When Marvel has stumbled, they come right back with something awesome. Well, we got Endgame next. And that's the so. next movie coming up. So part of me is like, ugh, I'm not digging this movie too much. But then the other part is like, no, like, it, they're going to kill it. I think they're going to come back and crush it with Endgame. God, I, God fucking willing. I hope so. Really hope so. Yeah. But holy shit, man. We did it. We waited all this time. We got to Captain Marvel. We saw it. And now we're here, man. <laughs> just the next thing. I'm just waiting for the next thing. Yeah. That Endgame, baby. Endgame is, is the next one. But today we did buy our tickets to us. We have another big movie. Like That's like the yeah. next movie coming up that, that I think That one we're, we're I really can't imagine not being like fully into. I will give like, you- I'm going into that with pretty high expectations. I'll tell but... you right now. It's only 10 reviews. It's got 10 reviews so far on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, is it 100? 100% right now. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Super excited for that. We got a lot of really cool things coming up. So best way to keep in touch, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, stay up to date. We're going to be dropping these episodes every week. And uh, yeah, now that we have Captain Marvel under our belt, we'll get to record our MCU phase three. Yep. We're going to rank out all of these movies of phase three with the exception of Endgame. That's going to lead us up to the big fucking day. Mm-hmm. The big game. That is the big game. The big Avengers sports ball game. <laughs> sports ball. Sports ball. <laughs> it's got to be a song on this. Except, <laughs> yeah. Except instead of balls, they're playing with stones. Yes. <laughs> sports stone. <laughs> Throw me the stone. We're going to the end game. <laughs> and on that note. Suck it, losers. <laughs> <laughs>